Hey, you're listening to Blue Jean Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Jean Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluejeanselma.com. Um, let's pray before we get started. Lord, thank you so much, Father God, for everything you're doing in and amongst us, Lord God. Um, I love, uh, I was reminded, Isaiah 65, um, where it says that the new wine is in the cluster. It's not just in the single grape, it's in the cluster. It's in the group of grapes, Lord. So we just thank you for the new wine coming out today, Lord God, with everyone being all these brave uh, family that's coming up to share their experience with worship today. And we just thank you, Lord God, uh, for uh, giving us permission to experience God um, and to worship you, Father God, in, um, in, in our unique way. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, us being unique is not about uniformity. You know, it's about us being our, ourselves and being in that freedom that we, that we all get to have together. So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord God, for inspiring us to be who you created us to be to be free in who you created us to be, Lord God, but to worship the King, Jesus Christ, with all our hearts, Lord God. And I pray that that you'd come in today and be the teacher and lead us and guide us and help us to really just receive from you, Father, this morning. Um, And so, yes, Lord, we welcome you with all our hearts. Thank you, Spirit, break out in this place. And Jesus' mighty name. Awesome. Okay, look at all these brave guys and gals. Cool. So, yeah, I'll sit down in the middle. Okay, <laughs> good idea. <laughs> um, so, uh, cool. I was just thinking about that song, Amazing Grace, that Greg sang this morning. You know, it was neat uh, because if you know the history on that song, a lot of people have heard that. But um, it started, that was a, that was a common a like song, like rhythm that people would sing in the bars in like 1600 or something like that. So think about that. Like there is so many neat ways to, um, to, you know, express ourselves in worship and, um, and we're always finding new ways and that's what's happened throughout history. It's happening today. Um, God deserves our worship. He deserves us, our everything. He deserves it all. So, so this is cool and this is a great opportunity and, Mary, take it away. Let's. All right. Yeah, well, let's start with y'all's testimonies. So um, I'll just ask the question, then whoever wants to go first. Um, so it was, you know, what's an encounter or experience that you had in worship? And so a story or, you know, something like that you remember when you think of worship. Um, so whoever wants to go first, raise your hand. Okay, so it was hard for me to think of, like, just one encounter that I've had with the Lord over the years. <laughs> Uh, and I have my note, sorry. Um, but worship has just meant so much to me. As most of you know, my husband, Lee, and I have been trying to have another child for a really long time now, and it's it's been really hard. And, I mean, it continues to be really hard. Um, but worship has been huge for me during this season because it's completely changed me. Um I mean, I honestly wouldn't be standing up here today if it weren't for the Lord. And um, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people, so he's filling me with peace as I worship him in this hard season. 
And we all know Psalm 104, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him and bless his name. And so praise and thankfulness are the segue into his presence. And in his presence is where we find fullness of joy. And so the world can bog you down. And when I feel that fear and anxiety coming on, I worship. And then I just, I have this inner peace and this inner joy. And I mean, it's far beyond human understanding. Uh, the, the world could never understand it. And it's then that I feel this shift and my focus is on the Lord and his goodness and not on my circumstances because I want my joy to be found in my Lord and not in my circumstances. And um, over the years, he's spoken to me through dreams and visions and just his word and other people, whether it's been through a prophetic word or a sermon or a devotional. And he just has a sweet way of speaking to my spirit. Um, And so he's encouraging me through worship. And it's just been really neat to see. And then this little boy right here is a testament to the Lord's faithfulness. And I just think about how we longed for him and prayed for him. And when the Lord blessed us with this little boy, we worshiped him, praised him. And just to see what a worshiper he has become has just been really neat. Wow, so good. Yeah. um, I wonder what you're thinking, Braxton, over there. Do you want to share with us? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, we're going to hold that one. That one's too good for now. Awesome. Donna. Well, mine isn't a testimony of what happened in worship. It's a testimony of how worship happened. Uh, I love um, worshiping, but I didn't always do that. I didn't always know how. And I finally got to a place in uh, a physical place where I could worship freely, but I didn't know how. I didn't know what that meant because I'd never done it before. And uh, so the Lord blessed me with uh, not only a, a church, but a friend who was starting a worship team named Shelby. And uh, she uh, started a worship team and invited me to participate. I had no idea what that meant. I was kind of chicken. Like Bob would say, I had a chicken suit on. Uh, I went in it with my heels dug in. Uh, But it was great. It was an opportunity to find out what worship was about. And what it was about to me was once I knew that, that truly my worship was flowing to the Lord and I was able to love on him, and, and honor him and bless him and have fun with him, then he started showing me new ways to do that. And, and as you've probably noticed, I'm only about five foot two. And so raising my hands makes me like five foot three, you know. Uh, and so I really reach into heaven was coming up short, if you'll pardon the pun. And so we had flags as part of our worship time. And at that time, we used golf ball retriever poles for those of you that are golfers know those things are about 10 feet long and they weigh about 10 pounds they feel like sometimes and we put banners or flags at the top of them big banners and so when I flew those flags I was touching heaven I was 15 feet tall I wasn't just five feet tall and the Lord touched back and the angels would play with those flags They would sometimes make them heavier, I think, but they would play with those flags. And it was just, I knew it was blessing the Lord. And and so I have to say that worship started out about me and me about God. 
and him showing me. And then I realized how anointed that was, not because of me, but because of the Lord being blessed by it, he anointed it so that the flags became either uh, worship, warfare, healing, whatever the Holy Spirit chose to anoint them for at that time. And I was allowed to be part of that. And so all I can say is worship extended me. It extended my feet from, from earth to heaven. And it's still extending me because we're not boxed in. There's all forms, types, shapes of worship. It's not just about flags. It's not just about banners. It's not just about raising your hands. It's about whatever extends you to touch the Lord, to bless him because That's it's awesome. about him. Amen. I love that. I mean, uh, I know when I, I was 27 when I got saved, so it, you know, not everything made sense about the church to me, especially worship. And I had been in a heavy metal band, so <laughs> you see me with long hair and shaved sides. Uh, that was my past, you know. And then, um, and then I saw these, these folks, you know, playing piano and just doing two or three chords, and I'm like, you know, I don't know. I just became. I just didn't get it. I didn't understand. I think I shared this with you guys, but like, uh, long story short, it became this vertical connection. It was about me, and uh, but I felt God when, uh, and that was the difference between heavy metal band <laughs> with <laughs> with people, you know, and people excited about that music. I played in front of crowds and stuff, and they and they were excited about it. But it was all horizontal, and then but in worship there was this really awesome distinction where it was not just horizontal it was horizontal because I was connecting with family but it was also vertical and it was just amazing you know and I was like oh god this is like this is what music was created to be it's um and um but but yeah like uh I yeah I love that you said that you know it it, it mattered to god that it was about me I needed to connect with him and then that beca- that gave a genuine expression to my worship. You know what I mean? That way it wasn't me trying to perform. It was a, it was me receiving and from that from receiving becoming a river and letting it flow back out. And I'm so thankful for that. That if it came from me, I would I would run out pretty quick. Awesome. Who's next? So my story begins when I really became spirit-filled at the age of 27 years old and had no experience at all um, in how to express worship because I didn't grow up with that. It wasn't instilled in me. But immediately, in knowing the spirit within me, I knew there had to be a release. I just didn't know how the release was going to happen. So it was another 25 years until I really found the answer to that. And it was on a trip to Israel. I was 57 years old. That's a long time to wait to get an idea, a concept, a freedom of how to worship. But we were um, listening to Derek Prince in Jerusalem, and he had a couple a messianic Jewish Christian, Jewish Christian couple who were in dance. And when they stepped out in worship, there was a release like I have never experienced before. The freedom of watching something so beautiful 
so expressive and so completely indigenous to the Holy Spirit was just phenomenal and it shifted me. It gave me freedom. The first thing I did, I went and bought a tallit. That's the Jewish prayer shawl. I just had to have one. So when I got home, fortunately, Bishop Chuck Jones gave me freedom to dance with it. And that was the beginning of the release of movement in worship. And um, the movement was the release of my expression to really engage with what Holy Spirit was doing in me in worship. And it expanded. Once I gave in to that, unknowingly, I didn't have any idea I was going to be leading a, um, a worship group at Christ the King, had no idea what it meant. But the first thing I found out that it meant was intercession. And so that's been the big, biggest revelation to me is that in movement you get a, a sense of what the spirit is saying or doing or wanting to reveal you enter into it you become the lightning rod if you will from heaven to earth and you express it and it's eternal it's an expression that never ends what we do never ends y'all it just runs that stream of eternity. It's always moving and always flowing. And so that was just huge for me. That was the biggest um, turning point of understanding what it means to really worship. I'm going to put Mary on the spot real quick just because she's been a dancer and, and uh, she shared something with me that changed my life actually, but I'll let her do it. What, did you ask what it's? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I remember she uh, talking about in dance, like uh, how God was all throughout your body and not just in your head. <laughs> and then the Lord, the Lord, he teases me because uh, he's my friend, you know. Uh, but he, he says, Josh, you know, um, uh, worship isn't just like, I mean, your head isn't just body transportation <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Like, and, uh, you know, like your whole body matters to God. Like it's all part of what's, what's going on. Like, uh, and, uh, like, so when we worship with our, our hands, if we're just raising them or we're putting them out to receive something like that, he gets to move through all of us. And, uh, you really taught me a lot of that. And I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot, but no, that's fine. what do you think? That's great. No. Yeah. I think, uh, so I, I danced since I was nine and then taught dance for like ever. Um, but yeah, that was just something I think I was explaining to him, like, well, when I'm moving, it's not just like I'm moving because I want to move. It's like I feel the Lord through every movement, and, you know, you can feel, like, his presence and just, like, I don't know. It's just, it's really cool, so. Yeah, yeah. highly recommend it, and uh, just to get encourage you, too, if you don't feel comfortable doing that in a church setting, uh, the way the Lord got me to be comfortable with that was in, uh, like, the closet. He said, closet. you know, prayer closet, just get in a place where nobody can see you and uh, listen to worship music or whatever and begin to express yourself, you know, and 
I'm telling you, once you feel it and once you connect with it, it changes everything. Like in your your fear of man or anything like that. If that's really if that's really the thing, it's gonna break off and that's gonna go away because you're gonna be like, this is valuable to me. I'm really, I'm feeling him. We're connecting and. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, I think a lot of, uh, you know, not to defend myself or anything like that, but if you, you guys hear me over here making noise and jumping around and stuff like that, I promise it's not to encourage you. <laughs> it is, you know what I mean? But, but just by default, not because that's my intentionality. I'm over there genuinely jumping into the moment of worship. And um, like I said, I'm not trying to defend myself, but I, I want you to know, like, this, this thing that's worship is so good. And, um, yeah, uh, I think we get inspired by each other, um, you know, just knowing. And one of the things we're even seeing even at this point is, you know, we're seeing unity without uniformity. And that's so precious and valuable for Blue Jean. Blue Jean is so, uh, like, all let's come, everybody come to the table, everybody, you know, uh, no matter where you're, what your background, just come, you know. And um, so it's important for us to have this core value of, of unity without uniformity. You know, God will move through, um, you know, each of us in individual ways. And having the freedom to do that is what the Spirit cannot resist. And, and that is a scripture. It says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So in, in, in you know, saying, hey, this is what we're about. We're about this freedom. We're, we're saying, Holy Spirit, come, you know, and isn't that so cool? Um, awesome. Pamela? I'll jump on the dance part. Um, I was in my 30s when I received the Holy Spirit, and we had moved away from where we had been living in, in Jacksonville, Florida. We moved to Columbia, South Carolina, and... Um, you know how it is when you move to a new place, it takes you a while to find, get your footing and find where God wants you. And we wound up at a spirit-filled Baptist church. Nice. This is an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we were meeting in a movie theater and uh, it was one day during worship, I heard the Lord say to me, turn around and kneel down and put your face in the seat. And I did. And immediately I had a vision of all these women in these beautiful clothes dancing before the Lord. And he said, I'm going to give you this for a ministry. I'd never in my life. I've always loved movement. And I was thinking last night, our bodies are one-third of our makeup. And we need to use everything we have, spirit, soul, and body, to worship. Um, and so I, I, just, I just held on to that. And about two weeks later, some lady I never heard of before called me on the phone. And she said, you know, I've just been thinking about you. I didn't know her. <laughs> and she said, there is a group of women, girls, at the University of South Carolina in a in a Maranatha Bible study and they're dancing and the Lord just said to me he thinks you might be interested in that <laughs> and so I became a part of that it was like I was the mother I was twice as old as all the girls as a matter of fact the first time that we ministered it was in a glow meeting and the whole time we were on the floor I could not 
get myself above myself, and I kept saying to myself, what am I doing here with all these teenagers? And when we had finished, the woman who was the key speaker that day, her name was Marian Brown, she was a prophetess, and we we're all standing against the wall over here waiting for whatever she was going to say, and she picked up the microphone, and she said, you, over there against the wall, she said, you've been saying within yourself, what am I doing here? And the Lord says, I put you here. And I was like, oh. And uh, she said that I would be teaching the younger girls. And when we moved back to Jacksonville, there were a group, my, my younger daughter was homeschooled, and so I was in a homeschool association. And we began to teach them not how to dance, but how to worship. Mm -hmm. And the Lord turned out some true worshipers out of, out of that little group of girls, but he used dance as the vehicle. Mm -hmm. So he will use anything mm -hmm. that we'll give him. But I'm telling you if, you, if you have any inclination toward movement, do it. Mm, it does, it extends your worship. That's right. Okay, men. <laughs> if you've never watched anything, any worship dance, um, like you can, you can pick up some of it on YouTube sometimes, there is nothing like the power in the spirit of men dancing. You've got David as your primary example. <laughs> But I'm telling you, there's a power when men move out that women can't carry. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's, that's my testimony of, of dance. And I just, the Lord kept bringing this back to me last night, um, something that happened back around 2008. There was um, a revival in Lakeland, Florida. I don't know if it, how many of you were aware that of the Lakeland Revival, it went on for some months. And um, something happens when we're all in unity in worship. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lord, the Lord doesn't want us in unity because we're all here in this room together. Mm -hmm. He wants us each one to have a worship experience, a worship life that brings us into a place that when we come in here, we're already full of that. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't come in here to get juiced up for the next week. We come in here to pour out what God's been putting in us during that week. Mm -hmm. And so we would drive from, we lived in Mount Dora at the time, we would drive from there to Lakeland to go to this revival. And one night we were in the, in the sanctuary. It was a huge place and it was packed with several thousand people. And the worship had risen to a level that all of a sudden, Roger and I were standing against one wall on one side of the sanctuary, and I looked up, and you could not see the other side. There was a mist or smoke that filled the room that lasted, I know, for 15 or 20 minutes, and it carried a fragrance with it. And we just were all wrecked by the presence of the Lord that came because everybody came in there hungry for more, but full of what 
had been going on in their lives privately during the week. Well, after worship, the pastor stood up and he said, the Lord just said to me, he wants to remove scars from people's bodies. And so he said, examine yourself if you have any scars and see. Well, a lot of people had a lot of scars they didn't want to examine right out there in the middle of everything. So there was a, a stampede for the restrooms. <laughs> Everybody that came back from there said the scars that were on their body had disappeared. Wow. That's what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. We're looking for heaven to come down. And so I just encourage everybody in your private time, seek the Lord with a groaning for freedom from things. I had, this is a personal thing. I had um, just a week, I guess a little over a week ago in my private devotions, there was something I'd been dealing with that I couldn't get rid of for years and years and years. And I was just begging God to deliver me. And all of a sudden, Jesus was in the room. Not physically, but I knew he was because I began to weep. I could not stop sobbing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how long that lasted, but when it was over, I wished it wouldn't stop because the presence of the Lord was so sweet. Mm -hmm. And I have felt a freedom since then. And wow. the Lord reminded me of the, the Israelites when they were in the wilderness not, not in the wilderness, when they were in captivity. The word says they sighed because of their captivity and their bondage. And then it said they cried because of their bondage. But when they groaned because of their bondage, the Lord released them and let them go. And I just encourage you, if there's anything that, that you want freedom from, get to the groaning stage. <laughs> good Pam awesome yeah I just wanted as she was sharing that I was just thinking about the whole there's this phrase you know we share the testimonies because when you share the testimony it's we want God to do it again and yes. so you know that's why we're doing this today we're we're you know stirring that up like Lord do these things again in us and you know we can get like wow like that I love that encounter that person had like Jesus I want to encounter you that way or in a new way and even you know sharing about you know, different expressions of worship. I mean, if you feel like you're, you know, we, we don't want you to think you have to move or you have to do that to experience God. There's right. definitely, you can be standing still, closing your eyes and getting just as much of an encounter with God as you are moving. Um, so we want you to just find, you know, what is, if there's something that you feel like you want more, then just encouraging you, this is a place to do that. So, all right, I think we have Rick and Robert to go, who's going to go Robert's next? Robert's ready. Right. Okay. Yeah, so um, I was just going to tell the, my testimony a little bit about uh, about my experience in worship. Uh, obviously, my dad is sort of a pastor and grew up that way. I grew up kind of as a pastor's kid. Some of this, I've probably some of y'all have probably heard this testimony before, but uh, some of you haven't. But uh, growing up, I I didn't want anything to do with God. I mean, I I really, you know. Uh, Worship like we worship here made me super anxious. I didn't want to be in in an environment like that at all. Uh, you know, mom and dad tried to put me in places like Camp Lee and places that I would uh, be around it, but I hated it. I was the guy in the back with his arms crossed and uh, just mad the whole time. 
um, fast forward to when I graduated college, and um, it was 2009 or 2008. Uh, the economy was a tough spot, so it took me a while to find a job. Uh, I got to a really low spot in my life. Like, I just was absolutely miserable. Um, and my dad knew that. Um, and, you know, he never really, when I got to later in uh, my teenage years, he didn't push me as much as he did when I was younger. And, uh, but he would always tell me, like, grace is on your life, you know. And I'd be like, yeah, whatever, you know. Um, and that was right as when Blue Jean kind of started um, at the Cornerstone Church. And, um, you know, I wasn't going or anything. Um, but dad invited me to come to their men's group and, uh, you know, it was seven or eight of us in there and it, I had an encounter at, at the men's group, which I'd never had before. I mean, I've, I've read the Bible, had Bible stories told to me my whole life, you know, but, uh, it was a story about Zacchaeus and, uh, I felt like in that, in that Bible study, uh, it was like I was Zacchaeus and I mean, I was biting my lip the whole time cause I was about to just bust out crying it was like for the first time I really saw Jesus for who he was that he loved me regardless of what I'd done uh, or how I'd acted or or any of that and so that kind of was the spark to get me to start coming to uh, an environment where there was worship and as I started to come to Blue Jean there was a song that would play uh, it was uh, the, the line was worthy is the lamb well, <laughs> I thought the lamb was me. I thought that's what the song was about. I thought they were singing it to me, like, <laughs> worthy is the lamb. You know? And, I, I mean, forever I thought that was that's what they were talking about. And then I realized one day when I was sitting in there, oh, they're talking about Jesus, not me. And I kind of got like, oh, that was, that was dumb, you know. Uh, but it was like immediately God told me, like, no, that is you. You are worthy. Like, I wanted you to, I wanted you to have that, you know. And it just, you know, wrecked me. So, you know, with worship for me, it's just a place for me to con connect with God. It doesn't have to be, you know, Chris Tomlin or Bethel or, or hymns or whatever. It's just a connection from my heart to his heart. And, uh, and um, you know, there are times I know just in my life that, uh, you know, have been really tough and, hadn't felt like reading my Bible, hadn't felt like doing, really mad at God, but when I've placed myself in worship, in uh, corporate worship, um, it's like God will remind me of those things from my past and bring me back to, you know, that, uh, that he's good and that, um, you know, sometimes uh, you don't know it, but uh, he's just, um, he gives you that peace. Um, and um, so, yeah, it's been a it's been a very uh, important tool for me to stay connected. Sure, you don't want to go, Braxton. Well, um, first of all, it's been a blessing to me to get to lead worship here for a number of years. And I was thinking about this this week when Bob called me, and I was thinking, you know, really, our purpose in leading worship is just to usher in God's presence, you know, Robert talked about that and so you know some mornings we come and we're gung-ho on leading worship and other times we're like oh, I'm tired or um, you know don't really feel it but I've learned over the years I think Bill Johnson said it that at those times when we least feel like entering into worship that's when he honors it the most so I just encourage you a lot of times you're like golly you know they don't sound that great or if they sung that song 
five weeks in a row. Just enter in and press in because when you enter in with us, you know, our goal is just to usher in his presence. We're not trying to perform. Um, we just want to usher in God's presence. And, and from there, you know, he blesses it. We pray every week that, Lord, just let us be obedient to whatever this worship set is supposed to look like. So just a little background. I'll share a little testimony. Um, when I'm leading worship, I just try to do that. I just try to press in. And a lot of times I'll start praying into situations or relationships or maybe hard places in my life or different things going on, and I'll just feel God's presence in that. And this year, um, you know, just to share something about kids, you know, we had a little setback with my son, Ryan, and um, this is a picture of him after he had surgery. Whew, I'm not going to look at my mama because she'll cry and I will too, but uh, he was playing football, and this is not about football or how important football is, but those of you that know me know I love football. I know Rhett saw me a couple weeks ago at the Morgan game. I get so into it that I just try to get away from people when I'm watching because I think as I just get so passionate about my kids. And so the third game of the year, Ryan, he goes out and catches a long pass. He gets tackled, and a couple people land on him. And we didn't know it at the time, but it just snapped his collarbone. You know, I could tell he was hurt. He was, played the rest of the game running around with one arm. And um, so it was kind of a, you know, it was, it was tough because he was having such a good year. And, again, I tried to keep it in perspective, but I was just hurting for my child. So we go and we get x-rayed that weekend and everything, and we find out that it is broken. And, and then we had a great doctor at, up at Andrews Sports Medicine in Birmingham, a guy named Bennett Emblem, Dr. Emblem, who's one of the Alabama team doctors that agreed to see us. And I had sent the x-ray to Dr. Emblem and his nurse, a lady named Alexis, who's also so special. She said, Dr. Emblem's looked at it and is probably going to need surgery, but we want to see you anyway. So from there, she said, you need to go ahead and get some get a COVID test because if we do surgery, we want to do it as soon as possible. And so, whoo, the COVID testing was funny. He had been avoiding COVID tests like the plague because he didn't want him to shove the thing up his nose. So we go to a place in Prattville and we get a false positive and that's how our week starts out on Monday. And then we come back to summer, we get another test. It's negative, but we find out from Alexis it's not the right kind of test. So we go back, we, we finally get to see Dr. Enum the next day and he was so caring, he came in and put his arm around and he said, son, you, we need to fix this. You could see one piece of the bone was up here and one was down here. He said, if we don't and you keep playing football and stuff, it'll probably happen again. But if we fix it, it'll be stronger than before. And, you know, we left there and Ryan was in tears and I was crying a little bit with him. And, but I knew the Lord was on and I was like, you know, Lord, the Sunday when it, after it happened on Friday night, I was like, God, I'm a little mad at you, but I'm, a, I'm just going to press into worship, you know. I know that you're good. I'm just going to press in. And so we came back. We, we had to go get another COVID test so we could have the surgery the next day. Thankfully, that was negative. And so we had a little hallelujah at that point. Finally, after our third test, we had a negative test. And so we go back and we have the surgery the next day. And this is a picture of him after surgery. He's Now, this, go back to that one, if you would, the one before. You can tell he's not real happy with the world there. <laughs> Yeah, he's in some pain, and Dr. Emblem said he probably won't even remember that. So he said, you know, in four to six weeks, he'll be better than he was before. And so during that four to six weeks, it was tough going to football games. He's not getting to do what he loves to do. And as a dad, I felt a little cheated. I was like, you know, I love watching him play. And my older son, Ed, I, I still miss watching him play sports and stuff. But I kept saying, Lord, I know, I know that you're good, and I'm going to press into this. I'm just going to pressing to worship, you know, each week when I lead and during the week. And so I kept getting a scripture in my mind throughout that process that 
and I really I had it kind of backwards in my mind. It's Matthew seven eleven. I thought that the scripture was, as earthly fathers, we feel like we love our children. We can't imagine how much our heavenly Father loves us. And so during that process, you know, I'm just trying to press in to get a grip on that because I knew how bad I was hurting for Ryan. I knew in the overall big, you know, scale of things, or the scheme of things, it really wasn't that big of a deal, but it was to me just to see, you know, your child hurting and stuff. But the scripture really talks about we as who are still sinners or decent people, but yet are evil. We give decent things to our children. We can't imagine the gifts that God gives us through. So through the process, we're back and forth to the doctor and stuff, and I, I started kind of seeing the blessings a little bit at a time. One thing was, you know, he's 17, and so getting him to spend time with me is, you know, interesting. So we had a lot of time in the car together, and we're, we're singing, we're having fun, and, and he was a light through all of it. He probably had a better attitude than I did through. So I started seeing that one of the blessings was I was getting to spend a lot of, a lot of time with him. You know, we were having fun, and, um, you know, he was living life, and, and the Lord was healing up. So he came back and played five weeks after the surgery and the, the next one is a picture of him after that game and you can see that and so um you know i guess i just leave you with it through pressing into worship when i was you know i'll tell you i was a little mad at god just that he got hurt i kept thinking well he could have gone out of bounds or he could have scored you know why did he have to fall and snap his collarbone but through pressing and just choosing to press into worship when i really didn't want to you know there were a lot of blessings that came out of this he's He's been healed. Um, he, he's stronger than he was before. And, and so, uh, you know, I just encourage you to press in, whatever that looks like. You know, you talk about men dancing and stuff. I don't, we don't see a ton of that, and I, I believe that, and I've seen that on some worship nights when we all have. But just, just press in, and um, whatever that look like, looks like for you, because when you do, you're blessed by it, even mostly, even more so when you don't feel like it. So, uh, anyway. Thanks. That's so good. Thank you, Rick. Um, yeah, I just think it's it's important for us to kind of take it. Well, let's. You know what? Praise God. That's so amazing. Let's give him a hand clap, like the Lord. I miss that. God is so good. And um, I know there's a little more, uh, but I just want to say, like, you know, it's it's so cool. Like, just our this this thing. You know, what I mean, like, the church is giving you permission. The Bible is giving you permission to be free in worship free in worship. So I just wanted to touch on that just a little bit. It's so important that we know that, as, you know, like, uh, even if we feel this pressure from the outside, like, hey, we don't want to, um, you know, men uh, worshiping feels weird or something like that. That's not coming from the Bible. The Bible's giving us examples like David and giving us examples. So anyway, it's just important to understand that, you know, and to, to know that what a worshiper looks like in God's eyes is definitely um, just someone that's free and that's connecting with him. So that's good. I'm sorry to cut you off. What you shared, Rick, was a perfect example of the scripture that says, offer up the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to God. That sometimes it is a sacrifice to praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Wow, so good. Donna, you got some? You know, we always use David as the example of a man worshiping, but Jesus danced. That's right. Y'all remember? Yes. Yes. When the disciples came back, wasn't it? They gave a good report. And he was so excited that it says Jesus danced. And so there's our example. 
Come on. That's good. All right. Braxton, you ready, buddy? <laughs> Be brave, man. Okay, we can't everybody wait to close your eyes. <laughs> everybody close your eyes. We just want to know, why do you like to worship? <laughs> so cute. This is how all of us were feeling inside. Yeah. You know, we were just composing ourselves, but this is really how we felt. Do you want to show us what you brought on stage? I really liked that. Can you find it? Do you want to tell me why you made that? Uh, for Mr. Bob. Aw, that's so sweet. Why do you like to worship, Daddy? Because it makes my heart happy. Aww. And what else? Because you love God. Yes. Yeah, so he said um, it makes his heart happy to worship oh, because he so loves good. God. So good. Yes, that's really good. Aww. I love that. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, do you think we have time some, for the other questions? Just to, we might yeah, have to do some popcorn. Not yeah, everyone can answer we'll all of them, popcorn. but um, I think I'd love this one. So, some of y'all might have answered this in your testimony, but just what is your favorite expression of worship and why? And right. it could be, you know, something different than you had talked about. So, favorite expression. Um, so, I love praise and worship music. Um, and you can ask Braxton and Lee. I have it on at home or, or work in the car. <laughs> all day. All day, all along. Um, but it's during like certain parts of the song where I can just feel like my spirit connecting with the Lord's spirit, and He just He's speaking to my soul. And so, I and like we've been saying, like I just love the freedom in, in music, worshiping Him through music. There's a, a list of, of Jewish words in our Sunday school book, and each Jewish word is uh, describes a form of worship, a type of worship, uh, a, a worship action. And my favorite one was at the very bottom, and I can't pronounce the Jewish word, but it said, uh, worship as you stroll. And as a Southerners would say, worship as you mosey. Yeah, worship as you mosey. Can we not walk, you know, we walk through nature. I, all of us are love probably love to be outside and see the, the whether it's the sky or our animals or our garden or our yard. We're worshiping while we stroll because we're thanking him. I mean, that that's another form of worship. And talk about an, an instrument of worship is just look around you. We have so much to be thankful for and to worship while you mosey. I think Dan Taylor actually. I'll put. I'll throw him out there. But he talked to me about um, how he loved to worship God in nature. That's so many uh, Alabamians. <laughs> if I'm not saying that right, but I love that, you know. And I'm getting that in Alabama. Um, and I, I just so much to to just see God every day, you know. Um, so and you know that's such a good point. Like you don't have to be in the church, you know. And you guys know this. Uh, you don't have to be in the church to worship God. You worship God all day long, every day. 
Um, when you get here, it's about this collective experience, but you start with wherever you're at. If it needs to be individual until it's collective, then good, good. I have one more yes, story. Oh, oh, well, I don't have one more story. I have tons of stories, but I have <laughs> one more I'll tell you. Uh, talking about worshiping and what you use, and Shelby was talking about intercession. Uh, we had an intercessory prayer group one night that uh, I think it was Bob that showed up, or it may have been uh, Bishop Chuck, but we were kind of using, you know, like pots and pans and metal spoons and brooms, and we were worshiping and singing and praising and praying, and whatever didn't need to be there had left a long time ago, <laughs> and yet the Lord's angels were there with us because we were busy doing his prayer, his worship, and but it was really different sounding but just to say you can use anything to worship yeah. yeah it doesn't even say we have to have perfect voices so you know just make it a joyful noise to the lord that's worship so you know i mean it being on key and all that you got to put it away out because that's just going to limit you if you think you have to sound a certain way just put it in there groan you know um all of that's really important yeah braxton's ready all right I just like the color in my Bible. The color of your Bible. The color, the color of his like Bible. Bible. The color in his Bible. Color in his Bible. So good. Um, awesome. Yeah, and you know, I mean, there's so many things we can talk about with worship. You know, uh, one of the things that worship has really helped me with in my life, and I'm sure some some can relate here, is is warfare. You know, it sounds like a really scary word and all that, but just going through COVID, one of the things I did throughout the entire experience was worship God, and um, and it kept me away from some negative thoughts and stuff like that you know I mean I was really dealing with a, a lot of uh, and I would call it spiritual oppression I mean it really it shocked me how spiritual COVID was um, and so when I took it into a worship context and I just started worshiping um, it it shifted the atmosphere it felt different in my house in the house where my mom was and um, so, and I watched, you know, her recover and be, I mean, from death, I mean, it was door, death's door and a lot of people have had this experience and it is no fun, but I, I it, you know, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I don't know what I would have done without worship uh, throughout that experience because it genuinely has an impact on me. I release myself into worship and it gives, it's, you know, and that's not something that's bad. It's good that God is such a generous God. He's so generous. He wants to give to us. And um, anyway, that there's this give and take and it's not about, you know, us getting something from God. It's about the connection and relationship that he has for us. We're sons and daughters. We're not just like, you know, servants. We are, we're servants when he wants us to be servants because he's a good father and he knows exactly what, what that's about in our lives. And everything has this unique, um, you know, uh, touch from him. He is a, a an intentional father that knows his kids personally. So there's always these uh, moments with him where he's he's partnering with us for life. And maybe we want to get into a certain school or maybe we've got dreams and, uh, you know, to have a business or to expand our business or something like that. God is in all of that stuff. And when we allow him to be, that is worship. And it's beautiful worship. You know, maybe we're making a decision on, um, on, 
something that's just complicated and or maybe we're doing a crossword puzzle or you know what I mean <laughs> like if we invite God into those 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 little times then we are worshiping him we're putting him first and you know there's even more to that we're created to worship so this thing goes deep like whether you're worshiping God or you're worshiping something you're going to be worshiping because you're created to do it so when we give our, our lives and our lifestyle and everything that we're doing in our lives over to this partnership, this relationship with God, then we find ourselves being this fantastic, amazing worshiper because we were created to do it. We're not going to miss it. And I love the, uh, the unity without uniformity up here that, we, that we're seeing because everybody's saying, like, this is what helped me engage with, with God. And so that's, I want you guys to take that home with you. This is what helped me engage with God, because that is the, the uni, unifying thing that you see up here. Uh, Braxton with his, you know, coloring in his Bible, he's engaging with God, you know, <laughs> and that's so beautiful. And I mean, it, it's just, there's so many, all of our testimonies have said, you know, this is what's in connecting me to him. And that's what worship is. And the reason I emphasize all that is because I just time and time again, I hear people making this way too hard, <laughs> way too hard. And I want to take that off. And it's not that we don't have this sincerity about it. It's not that we're not holding God's holiness up because he is holy. He is high above. You know, that word means he's set apart. He's not like anything. There's nothing like God. There's just nothing like God. And when you think about that, you, I mean, it brings worship out of my heart. I'm just like, wow, there's, there's no one, nothing like you, God. And that uniqueness is what he's showing in us. You know, I mean, in the, you know, this covenant that we're in is amazing. I mean, God is, is, is showing us back how his righteousness has been planted in us through our surrender to Jesus Christ. And we're beginning to see it. This is part of worship. There's a transaction that's occurring. He's, he's convicting of us of righteousness instead of convicting us of sin. It's a new covenant. He's letting us know that there's a, there's a, there's a new creation inside of us. And he's like, listen, I'm not going to leave it to you to figure it out. I will partner with you so you can see it in me, in you. And I know that sounds like... There's a lot going on there, but that is exactly the kind of thing that you will need a relationship with him to discover. I love Pamela. She was talking about how she would get words in worship and, and learn things about what God was doing in the times and with the people that she was around. God wants to speak to us. He wants to deliver things into our lives so that, that you know, uh, like we said at the beginning, Isaiah 65 says that, um, you know, the new wine is in the cluster. It's not in the, the grape. It's in all of us. And everything that God is pouring out on this generation, I feel this every time I get in worship. It's not going to land on one dude, you know, with a pulpit. It's going to land on his church. It's going to land on all of us. We're all going to carry it into our spheres of influence. And um, I tell you what, Blue Jean is doing that right. I mean, because it's not, we're not just talking about it. We're doing it. People are doing it. They're living it. They're living it out in their lives. And that is the kind of thing that I want to be a part of, you know, where people are being released to go into their sphere, whatever it is, and worship God there in front of everybody. And, um, you know, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, um, St. Augustine says, you know, like sometimes worshiping God is 
preaching the gospel, but sometimes preach, the best way to preach the gospel isn't, I'm messing this all up, but, you know, isn't using words. It's just you being in love with God in front of other people. You know, how much easier is that than this complicated idea where we're like, well, we got to put together this show and I got to make sure I've got the right words and don't forget that scripture address, you know, or else they're, I might lose them. They might go to hell. You know, I mean, the consequences of that are so intense. But you know what? God's like, listen, love me in front of people and watch them come and ask you what in the world is different about you? What's really happening with you? And there's so many beautiful things that the foundation, I just want to touch this one last thing, but in the foundation of Blue Jean, I just love how uh, Colin often says it. I think you were originally a part of this panel. <laughs> anyway, Colin often says, you know, the, the worship at Blue Jean sounds like the Eagles, you know, or whatever. And I just love that idea. You know, I mean, it, like, and, you know, that song we sang earlier today with, uh, you know, Amazing Grace, like, people responded to that at, in the time because it, w- it sounded like what they were familiar with, which was the bar songs and, and those, those rhythms and stuff that, the, that they would hear often in the bars. So, so all kinds of people got saved because that song used that and brought it into, uh, you know, a house of worship and told everyone, hey, this is, we're worshiping God with this song. And some people were completely like, what, what are you doing that for? And they got offended. But some people were like, I can worship God in the, the stuff that, in the songs that speak to my heart. And we're seeing that here. Like, I mean, I love the foundation of Blue Jean and how they've, you know, just opened it up to these songs that just speak to people's hearts. That's so good. And it's not that we don't need to do hymn. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, every expression of worship is, is valuable. And we, I love that we did a hymn today. That's, that's you know, but, like, uh, I, I love that you can come here and hear the stuff that just matters to your heart. And that was what, that's the intention behind that is what I'm trying to say. That's what it was there for was so that it would blue gene. It would let anyone come and worship in a place together. Okay. Awesome. So good. I think... Should we have everybody give this panel a hand? Yes, you guys. And then if you want to pray and then introduce the YouTube worship. So, yeah. Awesome. Woohoo. Awesome. Thank you, guys. You can go have yeah, a seat. Yeah, you guys can have a seat. Awesome. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com.